0: Hi,
1: Doug, hi, Karen. How are you i'm I'm good, but just to clue our listeners in, we, we both went on like a mutual rant <laughs> <laughs> across um uh, whatever we're on. What skype um just bemoaning this state of things, not even like politically in the world, just in our own little like corner of it and and people we know and that sort of thing
0: like um gems and. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. People, where, where
1: anti-maskers they're... as well. Yeah. <laughs> We're like kind of riled up. So yeah. if we seem extra heated talking about Megan and Jennifer, Taylor and Kyle, that's where it's coming from.
0: And, you know, and it's funny because this all kicked off because I was like, why is my nose stuffy? I've, I don't care <laughs> when I do I wear a mask. <laughs> and then we just went off on like this whole thing.
1: Yes. <laughs> the people are horrible thing. <laughs> but at least we agree on who the same horrible people are. Let's see if we agree uh, within this episode as well.
0: I have a feeling we're going to. So we are at season five, right? Season five, episode 29. 29, we're getting so close. Are. All Beths are off. Beths. All
1: Beths are off.
0: Th- I can't say that. That is terrible.
1: The th and the us. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard. Woo!
0: Um, so once again, I feel like we had a mixed episode. I agree. Um, but I enjoyed it for the most part.
1: Yeah, me too. Um, I, I think what we're both picking up on is it's kind of like win, lose, or draw with these storylines, but there's an energy, there's a momentum because there's at least like, a finish line that the writers know that they are building toward. So it doesn't feel as aimless, and it certainly doesn't feel as slow as I think we were earlier in the season. And obviously, it's still got a bit more direction than we had, you know, season four.
0: There's less meandering.
1: Yeah. And so I think we have four episodes left between now and the finale. So, yeah, I don't think we'll have much in the way of filler, and that's largely something to look forward to and keep in mind.
0: Yay. So yeah. where should we begin? Should we just knock Matt off again?
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
0: <laughs> I mean, th- this poor guy. I, I yes,
1: but. I, I qualify it with a but, but yes, this poor guy.
0: This poor guy. So is that Alyssa sneezing?
1: It was Alyssa hiccuping, and now it is my beloved sneezing.
0: Oh my God! How is she sneezing? We don't go anywhere and we wear masks.
1: Well, we think it's allergies. We don't know. Ugh, that we hope. Sucks. We hope. We don't know what else it could be. She
0: has the cutest little sneeze,
1: though. Ah, uh, you have the cutest little sneeze, though. <laughs> Thank you. She thanks you. <laughs> now she's chugging a bev, so uh, maybe. Oh, she's
0: pounding. Good. She's pounding alcohol. What?
1: <laughs> no, I don't. I can't remember the last time we had alcohol.
0: Oh really? Wait. When today? did
1: we say we were gonna do? We were gonna mutually drink on an episode. I guess maybe the finale this season. Oh
0: finale. yeah, it's gonna be the finale. Okay. All right. So, um, so yeah. So Matt, the last time we left Matt, which was like literally one minute of storyline last week, um, he is going to. He he is taking. Oh my God! What's this? Chelsea. Chelsea. Chelsea's mom to court. Um, to basically fight for his right to raise his brother's daughter. Um, And so in this episode, we see Matt's at the high school, right? Chasing down Chelsea. So Mm -hmm. I guess Mm -hmm. her mom has not, they have not ensconced to Paris. Um, And he has- No,
1: because she can't leave the country yet with Chelsea because of whatever legal document Matt served her last week
0: right oh did they take a passport or no
1: no they were waiting for him to bring her the passport and instead he showed up at the hotel with some the legal document what kind of document what yeah yeah
0: like a prohibiting
1: her it was like denise the mom can go back to paris but chelsea cannot without whatever like court ruling is now going to be pending
0: so I guess regardless of that, um, Chelsea is still staying with her mom at the hotel. And so Matt has shown up at Chelsea's high school um, to rectify that situation and basically demand that Chelsea return to his apartment. Um, and he brought the cops. Yeah,
1: He brought. The there's, cops a, there's a guy watching over yeah. Chelsea from a phone.
0: So the mom's like, you know, Chelsea, just go with, uh, go with your uncle and we'll figure this out later. And, you know, our hands are tied. And so just go with him. And then, um, Later on, I guess, like that night or the next night, Matt leaves to go do a, do an overnight at the hospital. I guess, and so Chelsea Chelsea calls her mom and is like, "Okay, he's out of the house." And her and her mom is like, "All right, we'll make sure you take really good notes about his lifestyle."
1: Yeah, she's like, "Document everything."
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and so so now you know. I mean, this is kind of like the like like you kind of it was kind of like a big neon sign like you know like his his being gay is going to be the thing that sort of you know right, propels right. us down the you know down the path sure. that you know he doesn't want. So of course now there um some guy shows up at the apartment knocking on the door well We're it's sure. it's an old
1: friend of Matt's yeah but it's an old friend <laughs> we've never yeah. seen him before no and and they
0: and he brings up you know he's in the neighborhood he's depressed because this i'm assuming it's his partner but Matt mm-hmm. and introduces it as mutual friend to Chelsea, but I assume it's this guy's partner. He says he died last night and the guy's all broken up. And again, like never said how he died. So I think the assumption automatically was that he died of AIDS.
1: Yeah, that's how I uh, assumed it to be.
0: Like, I kind of feel like that was like, that was the time period. Unspoken, yeah. yeah, that was the time period. That was that sort of like, you know, there was allusions to um, how sick he got at the end. And, you know, these are young people. Yep. You know, you don't expect them to be that, you know, sick like that. So anyway, um, and Chelsea sort of comes home in the middle of it and Matt says, this is my friend and he's going to crash here tonight because he's, you know, our mutual friend passed away. He's too upset to go home um, and he's just going to stay here for company. And so she's like, OK, and she goes into the bedroom and she opens the door crack and she's got her little notebook and she's taking notes. So, you know, this is all going to blow up in Matt's face.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. It won't bode well for Matt. But again, my little my yes, but my caveat here is:
0: Are you yes butting me?
1: I uh, I'm not yes butting you. <laughs> it, my yes, but to the poor Matt thing is, but now he's just being stupid because if Chelsea doesn't want to be with you, and her mom wants her, and you only have a six week long even relationship with this charge of yours what kind of case do you really have what kind of guardianship can this really be yeah no one wants her to be there with you including her
0: well and see this is the thing and this is where the writers i think have done a real piss poor job at setting this whole storyline up why shouldn't chelsea go with the mom that's the that is the thing
1: they need to give us something That shows that Denise is really bad, or Denise is really lying, or Denise has ulterior motives—something to that effect—and they haven't yet. They may. They what?
0: Like right now, I see. Like I'm kind of watching this, going, "Wow, Matt, you're kind of being a dick. Let her go with her mom."
1: Right now, Matt is really the bad guy here. Yeah,
0: he's totally the bad guy. He's trying to keep a, a kid from her mom. So I don't know how you fix this, but they need to go back and, you know, they either need to, like, let this go or they need to fix this.
1: Yeah, they do.
0: Because it's not even like, you know, Matt's sort of, like, last grasp holding on to his brother. He never talked about his brother. By all accounts, he didn't like his brother. This <laughs> this was
1: like... No, I mean, you know, the show is portraying him as the good guy and on the side of right. But we only side with him if we do at all because it's Matt and he's a regular on the show that we know Everything else about this storyline is give it up, Matt
0: yeah, yeah, so I mean i don't know i'm kind of I'm really sick of this, and I'm really bummed out too, because I kind of was digging him being a being a surrogate dad to this teenager, yeah. and yeah. I thought that if they actually had <sighs> if they if they actually had the guts to sort mm-hmm. of see this storyline through mm-hmm. like to to get to. To let this be a thing for a while until like the kid went off to college, I think that could have actually injected some really interesting storylines for Matt. You know, because how do you date when you have a one-bedroom apartment and you're a dad to a teenager? And what do you talk? You know, how do you talk to them about sex and boys and parties? And you know, I, I don't know. I just really felt like this was a mi- mixed opportunity, and it could have been a really great relationship. Yeah, like
1: like many of the story uh, again I will point out Matt is the first ever primetime lead on a yes. show so I don't know what kind of network interference they were dealing with storyline wise in the first place we're talking about a lot of bungled opportunities but in some ways maybe it was the best they could do At the that's time. a
0: good point that's a really good point I mean it's you know we always have to remember we're looking at this stuff with you know 21st century eyes and mm-hmm. you know this was what 30 years ago at this point it's like 25 but 25 years started, ago yeah. Started out so, closer to 30, yeah. yeah I mean that's you know I mean and um, a lot has changed a lot has changed a lot has changed so anyway we're gonna just move on from and that, that was Matt
1: again we talk about Matt more than Matt appears on each episode
0: yeah I mean really this this was more so where do we go from here
1: well, um, I think we can n- knock off Jake and Allison with, like, a little bit of Billy before we save the rest of the Billy and Sam stuff.
0: I mean, this is sort of the beginning of the end for their relationship, isn't it?
1: I will neither confirm nor deny. But I will tell you, I think specifically this episode is the part of the storyline that I hate the most. because Really? Yeah, because this is where the show really just starts to dismantle Allison. And I know that I am more partial to her than you, but I like the fact that she had gone back to D&D, not even once but twice in the last season, and proved that, like, she was still a really valuable employee there and was good at her job. And now this episode is even knocking her down there and saying, like, no, she's a mess and screwing stuff up here, too. I don't like how, like, the show is just doing a complete takedown of Allison for what the writers deem like the storyline needs to be.
0: Yeah. And it re- and they're really taking her down for a stupid reason. Um again, looking at this through eyes, you know, 30 years later, 30 years on. Yeah, but I looked
1: through those eyes 25 years
0: <laughs> ago. <laughs> of like Allison can't have a baby, so Allison's falling apart. Right. I come on. But so but also,
1: like the other part that I think sucks because they're not digging into it, is Jake is being a total enabler. Yes,
0: yes, and that's
1: actually something that you can really dig into because that happens a lot in relationships. It happens after you know a big trauma or a tragedy, but sometimes it just happens when you deal with, with some sort of addiction, and uh, you know that one has and the other doesn't. And they could have done at least a decent job of portraying it. But and like, because this storyline gets short shrift to begin with, and you really need to dig deep. It's like, so...
0: So that's not where they're going with this, the enabling thing, because I thought maybe they were going down that road with like Jake being an enabler. And the other thing that sort of tipped me off with all of this going on was like, well, duh, Jake's kind of an alcoholic too.
1: Well, they definitely don't go into that. Okay <laughs> uh, but yeah, Jake's world is like swirls around like alcohol and people who may have addiction, yeah, yeah, but they yeah. Don't, they don't really tap into that
0: and when Jake gets angry, Jake gets drunk, yeah, you know, and he's not a very nice drunk when he's you know when, when he's mad
1: no, he yes, definitely is you know like toxic male drunkenness mm-hmm. um, so uh let's just sum up what happens and okay. then and then weigh in, even though we kind of already have some of them. Um, So Billy comes into Shooters because he's got, you know, the weight of his own world. (laughs) And uh, he like stops by for a drink and he sees Allison, who I think is off work and just hanging out while Jake is still there having a beer. Um, And Jake gets defensive and he's like, look, it's different. She doesn't have a problem. She has it under control. Maybe she's just more together with me than she was with you.
0: Yeah, made a nice little Uh, dig. That was a nice little dig
1: um and and billy kind of like says something and stalks off um but then we see allison at D D, and amanda and billy march over to her and she apparently has promised these like either low rates or freebies to the midline airways client that i mean she's the account rep so i don't know that she couldn't have been the person to do this but it's something she shouldn't have done right but it's also the middle of the day, and Allison has apparently gone out to lunch and been drinking again. Right. So, like, it's like the, the House of Cards is getting ready to fall again. And even though Amanda and Allison had been on good terms this season, Amanda now hates Allison again. Yeah. Um, and, and that th- was fast. Yeah, and that's the turn. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> Allison was staying at Amanda's house through the beginning of the pregnancy. Yeah,
0: I mean they uh, were like best friends. Allison completely yeah. redeemed herself with Amanda. Now, now it's gone,
1: all gone, um, and like really all gone. Because then the next day Amanda knocks on the apartment while <laughs> yeah, really <kept> all gone. <laughs> sleeping. Like like she tied it on again. Was sleeping off a hangover, and Jake answers, and um, Amanda's like, "We got in really big trouble with a client." and uh and tell Allison she needs to stay home for a few days and Jake kind of pushes Amanda Amanda's like you know what even better Allison's fired and Jake's like that's fine I didn't want to work with you anyway (laughs) and he goes into the bedroom and tells Allison who gets upset like she's all worried a normal reaction Jake's like it's fine I didn't want you working with that rat race again anyway it's fine and they have a picnic and it's nice even though you know they popped open another bottle of wine in the middle of the day
0: yeah and there's uh, already an empty on the on the on the blanket did you notice that yeah
1: yeah, yeah. and then this little girl is like playing with I don't know if it's her family or other kids, but, like, the ball they're playing with rolls over to Jake and Allison, and, you know, he rolls it back to the girl, and then Allison gets all forlorn again, remembering not just that she lost a kid, but that she can't give Jake kids, which is, like, the big hang-up here. Um, So she's all morose, and Jake's like, no, we can still totally have a family. We can adopt. In fact, let's do that. Let's adopt. And Allison agrees, and she's like, great idea, Jake.
0: Yeah, and yep. so the two alcoholics are going to attempt to adopt a child.
1: This is where we're headed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I see no good coming of this.
1: Yeah, you and your crystal ball. Yep.
0: Yeah, And, you know, again, this is another one of those storylines that is just making me roll my eyes. I hate it.
1: Yeah, I'm, I, I mean, I agree with you. I do. It just frustrates me because I want more for each of these characters.
0: Yeah. And I don't see where they go at this point, right? I mean apart from her drinking is going to break them up. Right. You know, it's going to, something with her drinking is going to cause a thing to happen. Um, Who the hell knows what. Do they kill her off the show or does she just go away?
1: They definitely don't kill her off. She, She will leave yeah okay I was just curious about that
0: do they kill Jake off
1: uh no they don't oh all right I feel like I shouldn't give anything away here though I know
0: I know you know I mean just you know everybody needs to remember I'm the person that reads the last
1: because
0: I like to know what happens um spoilers don't bother me but they do bother other people so I will just I will just zip it But I will say, are we going to get through this, though, like, soon? Because this is one of those storylines that I'm just like, I hope they don't drag this out.
1: No, I mean, we have four episodes between now and the end of the season, and they're gone at the end of the season. So, that's how much you have. The
0: actors? They're off the show?
1: Oh, yeah. I thought you knew that.
0: Oh, no, I didn't know that. Okay, then
1: I really need to stop talking. You don't have much more time with (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh, my God, but you just made me so happy. I can sold Oh, okay.
1: It. Oh, then I'm glad I told
0: you. <laughs> I'm just going to say, there are going to be a lot of vacant apartments in Melrose Place by the time we get through the season.
1: Not oh, for a long, nice. long, though, but yes. Okay. There will be some, you know, turnover.
0: Okay. Where do we go next?
1: I mean, do we do, like, Megan and Jennifer? Yeah. And then-
0: You know, and I just want to start this by saying Jennifer, as uh, just to jog everyone's memory, Jennifer is Michael Mancini's sister, played by the one, the only Alyssa Alyssa Milano. She is a breath of fresh air.
1: Do you mean like for the show? Yes,
0: I am so here for Alyssa Milano being on Melrose Place right now.
1: So I have to ask you, Mm -hmm. i mean we're about to talk about the cold open of the show but um, and what happens in that scene you had sort of put some pieces together on our podcast for last week's episode did this confirm what you had started to think in your head or it's like even more okay okay
0: so what i started i think did we did we mention it or did i say i think i know what happened and then we never said what it was
1: i think yeah i think that's what we did. I okay. saw you putting the pieces together.
0: I'm not sure that we said. Okay. What she thought. But so, yeah. we're going to go back in the Wayback machine for a minute, um the Wayback machine to the beginning of this season when uh the reason why or the reason why Taylor said she wanted her and Kyle to move to LA and open a second restaurant in Los Angeles was to get away from Boston where Kyle had a fling with a waitress. Now, all of a sudden, we have Michael Mancini's sister arriving to LA from where she was going to school in Boston at Boston College. Um, and while she was in school, she was also waiting, t- had a few waitressing jobs that didn't work out very well. Oh, I wonder who she could have been working for. Well, it turns out that. Cut two.
1: <laughs> cut two, The Cold
0: Open, where um, Megan takes. Jennifer, Jennifer to lunch. I guess it's lunch at Kyle's, and while they're having while they're eating and having a conversation, Kyle comes out of the kitchen and starts talking to like the table behind them. And all of a sudden, you know, Jennifer's like head pops up and she's like, "I know that voice," and she kind of like you know turns around and sees him, and she's like, "I gotta go, I gotta go, we gotta yeah,
1: go." She tells Megan, she's like, "We can, we have to leave. I'm not feeling good. We have to go."
0: Yeah, and then, uh, but but I thought, and this was like this. This is what I'm really enjoying. Like there are things where I'm like, okay, they're just gonna leave. No, right. That's where I
1: thought.
0: Yeah. She doesn't walk out of the restaurant. She actually marches up to Kyle and smacks him across the face and says, "You something like you deserve that or that's what you get or so, I don't remember exactly what she said, but it was great because it was like totally out of nowhere. I just thought that she'd march on out of there. You
1: think they'd sneak out and not really confirm anything more for us about what this you know tentative uh reaction might be
0: yeah and she just really went for it and she just smacked the hell out of him yeah she (laughs) is a pistol she is a pistol she is a total pistol um so this kind of kicks off um so so now this has been the reveal and so i guess megan takes her back to the office no I i think they go to the beach house is it the beach is it the beach house
1: yeah, I think this may have actually even been a dinner. And it's the next morning and they're at the beach house. And, oh, and Kyle shows him. up. And then Kyle shows up.
0: How did he know where Michael lived?
1: Don't they all know everything, apparently? I don't
0: know. I didn't know they were friends. I didn't even know Michael and Kyle knew each
1: other. No, I don't think they've ever interacted on the show. Not, I, I'm just, I'm just at just at least not as Rob Estes has played Kyle. No.
0: Yeah, because I was sort of like, like, he knocks on the door and I'm like, how does he even know all this?
1: Here's what I think happened. Um, I think through Taylor, he knew where Peter and or like Kimberly had once lived, or he just asked Amanda, who right. he's, like, he's like, listen, uh, oh wait, he, no. But how did because he, he comes, to the, beach, he comes to the beach house not knowing that it's Michael's house, right?
0: Yeah, so how did he know all this? And I, I didn't even know. know he knew Michael because he was like, it's you. <laughs>
1: The only real answer could be is that he somehow contacted Megan, who he really doesn't know either.
0: I, no, he must know Michael from Peter, like, because there had to, there, maybe that's where it was with the acquaintance. No, the, well, here,
1: here's the thing, though. He knew Jennifer was staying with Megan and Michael because he saw Megan at the dinner with Jennifer. But maybe he just doesn't realize that Jennifer and Michael are brother and sister.
0: That well, was he knows now.
1: Yeah. We we know everything now. You know. But I'm gonna call B. I'm gonna call B.S. on one thing. We're about to get to. Okay. So there's a, a little bit of cuteness of like, oh wait, you're her sister. Wait, you're the brother. Wait. Okay. So and figuring it all out, and then Michael's like well, Jennifer, what's this thing with Kyle? And no, Jennifer's like, I'm not telling you anything. He's like, did you sleep with him? She's like, I'm not saying anything. So Jennifer and Kyle take a, a walk to be alone on the beach and sort things out. And Michael's like, it was definitely sex. She definitely slept with him. Yes, Jennifer is the one that Kyle had the fling with that Taylor referred to in episode one of the season. Where I call BS is that Jennifer like unloads on Kyle because apparently they had a five month long relationship, which is different than a flame.
0: Right. And also And I think
1: just one week or two weeks ago, Kyle told Taylor the difference between Jennifer and Peter <laughs> was that one was a one night stand and one was like yep. an ongoing affair.
0: That's that's what I also remembered. And I was like, hey, wait a minute, Melrose, you're doing that thing again. Right. But I like this better.
1: Yeah, I I mean I do too. The, that you have this all connecting and meaningful is like the word I'll use. Like, and it's all a bit more
0: meaningful. Sure, yeah. Because when she clocked him, right, and remembering from you know past episodes where we were led to believe that whatever happened between Kyle and this waitress in Boston was like a one night stand, like literally yeah. it was just a one time thing and that was it. Kind well, of similar like with to, Sid. Like, him and Sid. yeah, yeah. Um, and then to have Jennifer like go up to him and smack him like that. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. And and for a minute I thought maybe he had like actually done something completely untoward and, and like, you know, actually like, you know, put her in a very difficult position and potentially raped her uh, or something like that because her reaction to him was so violent and so, yeah. you know, like shocking. But you know, this I kind of like, I kind of like that this is
1: not like a one night stand. it gives them a bit more history rather than like, yeah. all right, they had a one night stand and they were both drunk or whatever, yeah. yeah.
0: And so I was a little bit worried that either something really, really terrible happened to Jennifer between them and it was like very bad, or here we go again with Melrose Place, making a woman, you know, making Jennifer into like a quote unquote psycho because yeah. she behaved so sure. violently yeah. on the basis of a one night stand. And she behaved like this was, you know, some sort of meaningful interaction that they, you know, interaction that they had with each other when it really was a whole lot of nothing. And so I was glad that at least they, they even though they, you know, once again changed the, <laughs> made up the whole backstory, yeah. changed the it revised backstory. history a bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, at, at the very least, I, I, I kind of think it's better than what the alternatives would have been. Yeah, I agree. And how they would have handled the alternative. What I don't
1: think they go into is, after five months, why it ended. Obviously, she isn't happy that it ended. I think we just have to think, like, he was like, enough's enough, I want to go back to my wife.
0: No, I think it was because, I think they said um, it was because Taylor walked in on them. And there was something about... did they say that? Yeah, there was something. And I don't remember if it was Taylor said it. But it sounded like she walked in on the two of them in the bathroom going at it in the bathroom of the Kyles in Boston like she actually walked in and caught them in the act and that's how they ended up
1: oh oh I must have not heard that this time oh okay I forgot that, and
0: I think that it was something that they maybe she brought up at the um at the when they ran into each other at the um, well
1: let's office. yeah okay so let's go to that scene which yeah. is maybe my highlight of the episode um it's one i right. long remember.
0: Yeah. yeah this was totally great um so they're at the office. Megan is there kind of giving Jennifer a pep talk. <laughs> yeah. About looking the for reality a reality check, a pep talk, yeah. Yeah. And then we find out that Michael has found out that she lied to Amanda in the interview because I think either Michael or Je- uh, or Megan says something like, "Well, lesson learned, don't lie like you did to Amanda in the interview." <laughs> um and then Dr. Peter Burns shows up and gets introduced, and they're a little flirty, flirty with each other. Um, you know, like, well, Michael, that, you have a sister. Well, she got all the good looks. You know that sort of thing. And um, and then Taylor walks in, and she's... Taylor, the, dre- you know, dressed, dressed as Betsy to the nine. Yeah, yeah.
1: Dressed,
0: <laughs> <laughs> dressed to the nines as Betsy. <laughs> Walks in and just flies into a rage when she sees Jennifer.
1: Yeah, because it's like uh, you know, of all the gin joints in all the world, it's like, what the f are you doing here?
0: Yeah, exactly. And they and they ha- and they start like kind of going at it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's great because like they're both so feisty.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then. um Michael comes out, and everybody's yelling at everybody, and Megan is the voice of reason, and she sends the boys back to their offices. She sends uh, Jennifer to go off and look for a job, and then she (laughs) looks at, at Taylor, and she says, now, what can I do for you? And Taylor says something really snippy to her.
1: Yeah, she's like, she looks at her, kind of sizes her up, and goes, absolutely nothing. Yeah. But my favorite thing is, right before that, when Michael comes out there and he's, like, yelling at Taylor in defense of his own sister, and Taylor goes, oh, look who's talking, Mr. Married four times.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're actually having a really good time, the writers are having a really good time with Michael's multiple marriages the past several As weeks. they should. As, they, As should. they should. Like, this really is a continued punchline. Um which has been kind of a fun one to kind that they keep like going out with him because it's true he's had four wives.
1: In like five minutes.
0: In five minutes. What the hell, Michael? Uh was that was that it?
1: Um there's a little bit more because later on Michael confronts Jennifer after he's found out that she has actually dropped out of Boston College.
0: Right. And that's about no, it well, and she it, Storms out, yeah. Jennifer storms she, she out. She makes,
1: she lays this whole thing out. How like Michael has always looked down on the rest of his family. That you know, his father was a baker or whatever it was. Um, and and Megan tries to calm her down, and she says, "No, I'm tired of all of us embarrassing Michael." And she like takes a bag and uh, storms out. Right.
0: And I'm guessing she's gonna storm right to Melrose's place in an empty apartment.
1: Um, uh, probably. I mean, all, but all I, roads lead there, but...
0: Yeah, but I think, uh, you know, Amanda is going to have a very difficult time... Uh, <laughs> um, ...renting to her, because she and Taylor... Yeah, I hope she upcharges her. her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she and Taylor had a quick bonding moment over Jennifer at one point in this episode, which I guess we will get to shortly. Um, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, we will. I just wanted to say, I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong... That we never heard about Michael being from Boston until this storyline emerged.
0: New Jersey. Did they say Jersey before? Yeah, it was New Jersey. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't think we did. I don't think we, if any, well, okay. I was going to say Chicago, but it was Jane that was from Chicago. Jane's
1: from Chicago. And I think that you met at Northwestern.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I could see New Jersey. But no, I don't think we knew. We, we had no backstory. The Boston thing is either. all new, right? Yeah. The New Jersey thing or the Boston thing?
1: The Boston thing.
0: With the sister from Boston?
1: That Michael and his whole family...
0: Are from New Jersey. Oh,
1: wait, no, wait, wait, wait. Am I miss. Okay, she's at BC, but family's still from Jersey.
0: Yeah, yeah. She's oh, in BC, oh, oh, family's okay. from New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I kind of want to go to that bakery.
0: I know. I'm kind of well. There were a few bakeries in New Jersey that were like kind of old school Italian bakeries. That were, which is why it totally made sense because he was a Mancini, and there were yeah, like. I
1: mean, I was thinking North End Boston, but yeah, it could it totally make sense for Jersey. Yeah, no, Jersey,
0: totally yeah. makes sense. And then Baker, and I was like, oh, there are a bunch of places bakeries where that could be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. the, bakeries
1: yeah. and the diners are so, unparalleled.
0: Those sort of, like, old-school Italian bakeries. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's, that's really interesting. But, I mean, you know, I mean, Michael's family could have been dead for all we knew. And maybe yeah. maybe they had killed them off in season one, and we just don't remember.
1: Anything is possible. Yeah,
0: you because, know, I mean, as far, as far as the parents go, right, we've met Amanda's. We've met um, Sid and Jane's. We've met Jake's.
1: Yeah.
0: We've met um, Allison's. We've met Sam's, we've met Billy's, we've met Greg's dad. We've like met all of the parents.
1: We've met Brooks dad.
0: We even met Kimberly's mom twice. We met Kimberly's
1: mom for sure.
0: So so I think the only parents we haven't met would be the Mancinis. That's right. Interesting.
1: All right. So let's move along with more of the Peter Taylor nonsense.
0: Oh, God, this storyline's getting old. And I think that um, Lisa Rinna feels the same way. Yeah, I I would agree. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just really hate what they're doing to Peter. I mean, like, now he is just an abusive asshole.
1: Yeah. And the problem, and we've talked about how he really can't, Jack Wagner really doesn't know how to play this. But the thing is, we're not getting inside Peter's head at all. Like, it's all really filtered through Taylor at this point. He calls her, he tells her to dress a certain way. We see them in bed, and we see her pulling away, feeling reticent. She says she's scared that he's being almost violent. Okay, all this stuff, how it affects Taylor, blah, 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 blah. I get that they're trying to make Peter this darker, self-loathing kind of thing, but we don't actually get inside his head to see where any of it has come from or how it's building, or any of that. He's a force that's now right like, there to affect Taylor and act different, but we're not actually getting Peter, if it makes sense.
0: Which is so weird, too, like what they've yeah. done with this, because when you remember, wasn't it just the beginning of this season when Amanda went to Peter's house in Maryland or like wherever the hell it was? St. Louis or wherever it was and she went to Beth's house and she learned all about Beth and she came and, and it sort of painted Peter as this as a hero kind of. Like he, yeah. he did this heroic thing, um, and he was mistreated by the family and he had to go into hiding and so it was like yes. all of the, all of this stuff and now it's he he's suddenly this I mean, for lack of a better word, psycho.
1: Yeah, I think that actually applies.
0: You know, I mean, he's sort of like one step away from serial killer. Like he's he's creepy. Yeah. He's creep I mean, he's sort of like, you know, the, the you put the lotion in the basket. Yeah. Right. Like that's what's going on here. Um, you know, he like he calls he calls up um taylor and he's like you have to dress exactly the way you were dressed yesterday and you have to make dinner and you have to have it on the table exactly at this time i mean like there are some single there is some like serious like
1: yeah no he's really uh, demonstrating psychotic tendencies yeah
0: yeah super controlling what was that movie with, uh, with um, sleeping with the enemy sleeping with the enemy yeah oh, such a good movie i know right i gotta rewatch that um A total sleeping with the enemy behavior going on here. And so, uh, you know, Taylor kind of ends up, I don't know, like the the next morning after that moment in bed where she's like, I, you know, he calls her Beth. And she's like, You're calling me Beth. I don't like this. And he's basically like, Yeah, she she
1: thinks she has caught him calling her Beth like by accident. And he's like, Yeah, I knew what I was doing. I wanted to call you Beth. Yeah. And he says something else like, we're getting closer to nirvana. Like, he's talking like a psychotic creep.
0: Yeah. And so she basically like, you know, next morning kind of flips out and she like goes into her closet and she starts like pulling down all of the Beth outfits and hauls them to the door and chucks them outside. But when she chucks them out the front door, she chucks them on top of Michael, who can by to get Peter to get Peter's signatures on something like he couldn't do it at the office. Right. Um, And and he's like, well, what's going on? And he convinces Taylor to confide in him. And that's when she basically spills about his, you know, crazy behavior about sort of trying to turn her into his dead wife and her dead sister, and um, you know, and and Michael is so there for it because this is because
1: it's ammunition now.
0: Yeah, now he's going to definitely, you know, he sees this as the way to get Peter out of that chief of staff job and insert
1: himself into it.
0: So yeah, I just I need this storyline to die because it's just stupid. Yeah, I mean,
1: if it were done differently, I think it could have been fun. I mean, maybe the more Michael gets involved, it will feel that way. But I don't really think it does. I think it's just kind of dark and stupid.
0: And Jack Wagner just can't play it.
1: No, I mean, but for for that matter, Lisa Rinna can't really play it up either.
0: I mean, I guess not. I, I I'm a little bit more forgiving of her. Like I can. I am. T-
1: I am too. I mean, it's really. It's really Jack Wagner who's not up to this. Although yeah. you'd really need a very good actor to sell this in any charismatic sort of way.
0: Very true. But this is not his strong suit. And I this it like it's no. somebody yeah. who's a fan. Like, I'm a huge Jack Wagner fan. I love him. When you give him what he can do, he does it really, really well. This is not one of those things.
1: Yeah. I agree. And I, th- I think that's it for Peter's part. But then there's that one other scene... You had referred to before
0: with Amanda. Um, Amanda has doesn't do too much, it doesn't have too much time in this episode. Um, so it's mostly her firing Allison mm-hmm. and then Kyle showing her, um, an upstairs above the restaurant that has yes. suddenly. Um, become available for rent and And
1: what what luck because kyle had just talked about how his dream was this (laughs) jazz club yeah
0: and amanda had just talked about how she's got some money she wants to hide from sydney's lawsuit (laughs) so he invites amanda to take a look at this upstairs place and he wants to turn it into a jazz club and this was around the time, I, th- I thought this was, like, sort of so funny um, or so interesting because this sort of, like, was around the time that they started really kind of figuring out ways to put live music into shows. I guess so. You
1: know, I had already been doing it yeah
0: and then and then um charmed did it after after a season or two they they, the sisters opened a club and they had live music on charmed like it just seemed like there was this thing yeah it was like this thing especially on the fox shows where they would figure out ways where they could get live music acts to almost like saturday night live you know you have the live music acts to show up i mean i guess it was one more way to get fans Mm -hmm. of whatever bands they happened to program in to, yeah. uh, to tune in. So, I, so anyway, I, I, didn't, I didn't really remember this storyline from when the show originally aired, um, but I was only watching it sporadically at this, at this point. So I was like, oh, that's really kind of interesting because of all the, you know, the things that they were doing with like live music on TV shows at the time.
1: Well, I can kind of spoil something for you here. It never um, happens. <laughs> No, the opposite. The oh. Kyle's upstairs becomes the new hangout and we never see shooters again starting next season. Really? Which if you're like a diehard Melrose fan, that's like a death. But I don't think there were any diehards that that cared by the time it happened.
0: Oh wow. That's
1: and so but that okay, that sums up the way the show has shifted in a nutshell. It went from a dive bar show where everyone drank beer to now it's going to be like a fancier show where they dress more expensively and drink martinis it's a different show with a different vibe
0: now that's really funny because what happens around this time is sex in the city shows up right like what year are we
1: um this is 97 so sex in the city premieres between the show's sixth and final season
0: Okay, so so Sex and the City is not a thing yet.
1: No, not yet. Huh. But, you know, times are good in the mid to late 90s, um, and people are spending more and, and living more ambitiously and uh, impressively.
0: Right, and it's so funny. It's, this actually then is starting to feel a little bit more like the precursor to Sex and the City that it kind of was.
1: I mean, in some ways, it, it like, digs into the trends before Sex and the City a, materialized, and B, popularized. Yeah,
0: yeah. But, you know, when you think about the creator, you know, the same creator, you, you can kind of now s- see the the lineage there. Yeah, you know?
1: I, I don't know how connected Darren Starr was to the show at this point, but if he was, then absolutely.
0: Um, oh, that's pretty fascinating. Um, and I don't know, kind of, I I'm kind of looking forward to seeing this evolution because I kind of partly because I kind of feel like that's the only thing left to look forward to. Um.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> I mean, time oh,
0: no. Um. So Amanda's up there envisioning this thing with the with um with Kyle, yeah. and I like, what did she say? She's got twenty eight thousand dollars, and I'm like, oh, honey, that's not enough to open a jazz club, but yeah, okay.
1: You shouldn't have put a dollar amount on it because be you yeah. call bullshit no matter what.
0: And then, um, you know, and so she, she was, uh, you know, handshake deal because she can't have a paper trail to where the money's going, Right. (laughs) which I'm wondering if they're doing this because something really bad is going to happen to her money, but whatever. Um, and then I guess she shows up, I guess a day or two later, she shows up to Kyle's because she wants to talk to Kyle, um, about probably the jazz club and, um, Taylor's at the bar. Yeah. And they have their sort of snippy interaction because, you know, she's looking for Kyle. And, uh, and Taylor says something like, well, get in line or get behind me because I'm looking for her too. And then she sort of lets it spill all of this stuff about Jennifer and Kyle having that affair. And Amanda kind of looks a bit sort of shocked by this right like well yeah and
1: just i think we don't have much more to say about amanda so let me just go back a second and fill in one blank which is yeah um right after amanda has decided to move forward with kyle craig finds her and it, remember craig is really trying to save D with sydney's lawsuit and he accuses I... amanda of like stowing her cash away with kyle which she is yeah. Um, yeah. and he also tells Amanda about Sydney and Kyle's one night stand.
0: That's right, because he takes Sid to this very nice. Day. I feel like we might have gone a little. But we'll,
1: we'll least... go. We, we still have a whole Sid storyline to go. Yeah, I feel to go almost back feel to. like
0: we should have gone back. But yeah, he because Sid confides in him that she had her heart broken by Kyle because they had this one night fling. Yes. And Craig, oh. of course, is going to take it to Amanda because he thinks that there's something going on between. Kyle and Amanda. I mean, kind of rightfully so. They've been kind yeah, of making eyes at each other. Not the right instincts. It just hasn't moved along at the as fast a clip
1: as uh, Melrose relationships usually do. Right. But yes. The but the end result is Kyle really takes a drubbing in this episode because Jennifer points out what kind of a dick he was to her in Boston, and then Amanda finds out that Kyle has had a one night stand with Sid and some sort of fling or affair with Jennifer.
0: Yeah. And of course, whatever
1: she had pictured (laughs) Kyle to be in her mind, she's like reassessing it now.
0: And especially since at this point, Jennifer, you know, she's never like Sid and Jennifer is not her favorite person either after that disastrous interview and that, you know, between the two of them where they clashed at D&D. So, yeah, I mean, I think that Kyle has just kind of, you know, moved down the rungs in Amanda's mind. Which again you know, bummed me out because I liked Amanda and Kyle together. I thought that I like yeah, I like that relationship. Yeah. So,
1: so she's actually trying to protect herself. Again, we don't see a lot of her here, but her interaction, particularly with Kyle in these scenes, Heather Locklear is very good and like really very believable. Every one of, the, in ways, her delivery hadn't always been before. Like everything, like the way she like sizes him up in one scene. um... And, you know, like, she's talking about, like, this is as passionate as you see me get in, you know, in daylight or whatever. Like, everything yeah. she's saying and doing is spot on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she's great right now. I mean, she. this is sort of peak Heather, I think.
1: I think so. You know, these are storylines that people don't talk about as part of, like, the Melrose canon. Um, but she's doing better work here than ever.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, so we only have a couple storylines left. We've got said. I think we're going to save that for last, right? So we should. Yeah, let's save
1: that for last because I like it, and let's talk about the other storyline I continue to hate the most.
0: Oh, Sam.
1: That's the one.
0: Oh, Sam. Our girl. our
1: our checkout girl Dujour.
0: Yeah. So Sam has gone and gotten herself a job at the uh, supermarket um, because as a checkout girl to try and get some money. Uh, because remember, her daddy's still in town, and he is sponging off of her. Um, yeah. And Billy, and she's still hiding it from Billy. Billy thinks he's in where Chicago.
1: I um oh I thought like just somewhere upstate again. I don't remember.
0: I don't remember. But but she he thinks that the dude's out of town, um and, so, and out of their lives and out of their lives. Yeah. yeah. And um, and, but Sam is still you know giving her dad money. Uh, remember last time she gave him four hundred bucks out of uh, Billy's pocket there, out of Billy's ATM. Yeah, his ATM. Yeah. And um, and she's like this time buying him groceries and taking it to the seedy hotel, and now he's like asking her for more money. He needs a thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, and and he says he needs a thousand dollars to get to Mexico. Give me the thousand dollars, I'll be out of your hair. He does this sort of like, you know, shitty like, well, you owe me because you turned me in the yeah, last he time.
1: Her, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, crap. And then, you know, she's like, "Okay, well, I'll do my best. I'll see what I can do." And he, you know, is sort of like, "You know, is like when she leaves, like, you know that he's gonna take that thousand dollars and do he's not getting out of town. Like he is just like stringing yeah. her along he's and bad news bears. She, yeah, like he's she's the cash cow. Um and through all this, Billy has no idea. Right. So Billy shows up at the supermarket where Sam is working with the a flowers. bunch of flowers i guess he was going to give it to her while she was on the job um and he catches her but he sees her leaving in her car and he follows her he thinks he's going to like i don't know he he calls
1: out to her and she doesn't even hear him she just keeps driving on
0: yeah so he follows her and he follows her to the motel where he sees the dad open the door and her go in and so now he knows that sam's dad is in town and um and yeah and I, feel, she's I guess been lying. and she's, she's been, been taking lying. his
1: money and she's been lying
0: yeah so i guess we'll find out what happens next week between Sam and We Billy. will.
1: Yeah. Incidentally, I just wanted to say, so that is actually how, I mean, it's a dumb storyline. And the way they end it with Billy just saying to himself, what the hell? is <laughs> a way to end the episode. But, um.
0: Yeah, because that was how they ended the whole episode, right? That. So, yeah, we start the
1: episode, the cold open, and then the pickup after the cold open. That's all stuff with, with Jennifer and Megan and Kyle. And we end the episode with Billy and Sam. And yet the episode's title is All Bats Are Off, which is a reference to the Peter Taylor nonsense. And it's like, that's, I think, the second episode in a row where they have named the episode after that storyline. And that storyline is basically like small potatoes compared to some of the other ones that are going on.
0: Yeah. it's like um, I don't really have anything potatoes. more to say than that. Okay. Um, and why don't we just move to Sydney and Craig? Because this is great. Yeah, because that's
1: a happy-making story. Yeah.
0: And once again, Laura Leighton is a star.
1: Oh, on that note, I have started tweeting out our most recent podcasts to Laura Leighton. I found what looks like a verified Twitter account of hers. I'm going to keep trying a little bit because it would be a dream that I would love for her to A, acknowledge it, and B, maybe even record a mini interview for the podcast. This Uh, is my dream. I'm putting it out there. I'm trying to see it so that we can be it
0: I would love that she is such a star she is a delight she continues to be a delight and, um, and
1: a natural like a pro yeah. beyond pros on this show
0: I mean she is absolutely irreplaceable as much as I love what what Alyssa Milano is doing and I know that we talked about it last week that Alyssa Milano is kind of like going to be the new Sid um which I'm completely here for love you Alyssa right. I'm, but you can't fill these shoes she is just too spectacular Agreed. Um, so, Sid can't wash her hair.
1: Yeah, still got broken ribs, among other things.
0: So, now, The thing is, I can't figure out... What is she... Is she really not able to wash her hair? Is she just saying she can't wash no, her hair because I of the lawsuit? Think,
1: I think she's not... I think she's milking it. But I think she's not lying, because she did break her ribs. She did, like, dislocate her shoulder or separate it. Like, I think... These are injuries that are like worse than she anticipated when she went in on the con. Okay, um, and I think they're real. I don't think she's because she could play it up even more if she really wanted to, right? She could like stroll all along the courtyard for people to see and be like, "Ow!"
0: Oh. And she's not really doing that, right? She doesn't it's just have like a, the basics. Yeah, and she doesn't have like the wheelchair or the <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, the most she's got is she's got her, her arm in a sling, which we you know she did hurt. So, um. So Craig shows up, knocking on her door, trying to, you know, he's still in woo motion because he thinks that wooing her is going to get her to drop the lawsuit, which we found out last week. D&D is not insured for because Craig's an idiot. Um, And so she answers the door and she's, you know, she lets it slip. She's trying to wash her hair. She can't do it. And Craig offers to wash her hair in the sink for her. Um, And while he's doing it, he mentions that he's got some passes to a spa in Palm Springs that he would like her to use uh, to get a little R&R because uh, her her shoulders are tense. I mean, you know, good reason. She just fell down the stairs. And so she ends up taking him up on it. And she is, you know...
1: She keeps acknowledging. She's like, I know you're trying to butter me up. I know you're trying to get me to stop my lawsuit with D&D but I will do
0: this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she's like I know you're doing all these things, but yeah, I will go to the spa with you. Um and so he I guess she thinks she's out there alone. He said, "Oh, I'll even have a car take you up there." You mm-hmm. know, um but he shows up says he's like golfing with clients or whatever and basically invites her to dinner after the spa day and he's done with his clients. So, and she agrees.
1: Yeah. And the steak she has looks really good by the way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And this is When the dinner, the dinner is when Sid spills about Kyle and she Mm -hmm. like she really spills everything.
1: Yeah, about. She really does. She feels some sort of trust enough to let her guard down here.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's a little bit of an info dump. I'm not quite sure mm-hmm. where that mm-hmm. came from. But that's sort of like, well, Jane, you know, Jane hated me. And well, yeah. Know. also,
1: it's a very selective history. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and maybe it's because I married her husband. But anyway.
1: <laughs> you know, she leaves out the blackmail. She leaves out the prostitute and Jane's next fiance. Yeah, she leaves some things out.
0: Yeah, she does leave some things out, but it's really, um, it's really cute and it's really sweet. And, you know, for for as bad of an actor as Craig is there, what's his name? David Sharpe. David Sharpe. I'm having, and this is probably because he's such a bad actor. I can't figure out if he's maybe falling a little bit for Sid too.
1: It looks like he is.
0: But then he goes back to Amanda, and he's kind of like a dick about it.
1: yeah, yeah. you know well also, yeah, and we should we should say they're in the hot tub, right, and oh, and well. that's when the lawyer Harry interrupts them just as they seem to be getting really close. How he knew she was there, how she knew he knew she was there with them uh, with him i don't I don't it's, know, and we never see a follow-up scene where he like takes Sydney to task for getting too close to the enemy. Right. Um, but but yeah, he does. He interrupts them and uh, Craig excuses himself. And the next time we see Craig is when he's kind of filling Amanda in on some of what Sid has said, including that she had a night with Kyle.
0: Right. And that's how how Amanda f- finds out about Sid and Kyle. So, yeah, so I can't quite figure out, you know, is he getting a little sweet on her or is he just really good at sort of playing this up? They're, it they're really
1: towing the line storyline wise with that right now.
0: Yeah. Um, so in, in that regard, I think that it's kind of interesting, but it's also very frustrating because I'm not sure what side he's landing on. And for Melrose Place, that's really unusual. And I think that's why it's yeah. kind of driving. Yeah, me crazy. that
1: ambiguity is not something they, they traffic in typically.
0: Yeah. And so um so that's making me a little bit nuts. Um, But yeah. Oh, and then I guess we're... Oh, they're back at Melrose Place after the Uh, the spa we uh, the spa the spa day and they run into each other by the pool um Sid said she's going to take a dip uh because her shoulder felt a little bit better after being in the hot tub so she said she cranked the heat up on the pool and she's (laughs) Amanda won't notice for another month it was great and then all of a sudden you start to hear like a shutter click yeah And there is a photographer kind of hiding in the bushes, taking pictures of Sid, which Craig goes and kind of manhandles the guy. And um, he's like, what are you doing? I'm working for you. And Sid overhears the whole thing and, and is sort of like, I trusted you. She kind of like has this like moment, you know, she's like, I trusted you and you were just doing this so that I would drop the lawsuit. Um... And that's when, like, Amanda shows up and she's like, leave my photographer alone. He's our photographer. Craig pushes him in the pool. Yeah, yeah. he's our
1: investigator. Yeah. And then he pushes the guy in the pool.
0: Yeah, it's this whole wacky thing. And so so basically, like, you know, Sid goes off into her apartment. Um, She's really upset. Craig follows her and he basically says, I don't want you to worry about Amanda. I'll take care of all of this. And then they kiss.
1: That's right.
0: And again, I can't figure out what his motives are right now.
1: No, I want to lean on the side of believing Craig. But we, we just
0: don't know yet. Yeah, we just don't know. We we have no idea. So, you know, and as you know, you know, what was funny. As said, was recounting all of her, her woes. With not
1: her, all Not all of. <laughs> just not the all tip of, of but... Sidberg, but
0: yeah. <laughs> the highlight reel. Um. I kind of was. I kind of was thinking back to all of like, you know, the bad luck. What well, shall we say that she's had with men? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you know what? If anybody on the show deserves to have some love, it's Sid. That's how I feel. <laughs> she totally deserves to have her happily ever after. Um, I don't know if it needs to be with Craig, but she deserves her happily ever after.
1: Yeah. No. I. I. I agree. I mean. Look, they've all made their share of mistakes on that show.
0: Yes. I mean, look at Kimberly.
1: Well, we can't because she's dead.
0: Well, we can't, yeah. She's Kimberly dead. had no
1: happy ending,
0: <laughs> And they have not even brought her back in a... Um, no, I don't think we ever
1: back. see her again as, a, as Megan's guardian angel.
0: Isn't that crazy? I don't know what they were Yeah, thinking.
1: it's sort of not surprising.
0: We had zero dream sequences this episode, which made me yeah. very happy.
1: That's right.
0: So, and, that
1: was our, and that was our episode. I will say, pretty evenly balanced, aside from, like, the short shrift to Matt. Pretty evenly divided, storyline-wise.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I would agree with that. Although, you know, a little bit less screen time than we're used to with Amanda. Um, Billy seems to be an afterthought at this point, really.
1: I mean, Billy should be an afterthought
0: after- at this know. point. I know, but um, but yeah. All in all, I think you know, with the with the few with the few storylines that are making me nuts once again, I enjoyed watching this episode.
1: Yeah, I did too. I think it's safe to say we still did. We both did, right?
0: I think so. I Melissa, think so. Did you like this episode still? I did. She did. Okay. All right. So so we're we're. We're plugging along and and things are going well and I'm very I'm curious to see how how all of this wraps up when we get to the end of the season.
1: Yeah, uh, I like I said, I think we got four eps to go
0: because it sounds like some big stuff is going to happen because there seems to be a lot of changes afoot.
1: Yeah, I think you would be right there.
0: So that's the episode. We're going to go to Hollywood Boulevard. I've no idea what we're talking about.
1: It'll be a surprise, guys. I mean, not to me, because I'm talking, but per- but perhaps to my fair co-host.
0: Yeah, it will be a total surprise for me. I have no idea what we're talking about. So we'll see you guys over on the other side.
1: And after that, we'll see you next week when we're back on the block. Bye.